is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, hello. Bright everyone. blessings. Yes. Happy full moon. Yes. Yes, Pisces indeed. Full moon today. We'll if you're talking. listening on Monday. That's right. Um, so how's it go? Oh, wait, should we mention who we're having on the podcast? Oh yeah, Tudor Beth today, author of the new book, The Hedge Witch's Little Book of Spells, Charms, and Brews. Yeah, it's a really I was gonna say it's a really cute book, which makes I hope that doesn't sound um patronizing, but it's it's small. And it's like in in shape. It's small. It's so actually small. It's yeah, not like just called it, a little book. It actually yeah. is a little book. I mean, it's thick with pages, but it's small in stature. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't see the size because I looked oh, at the PDF, I but I did feel deep magic there. Like there's, yeah. like it's sweet and also deep. I have it here, so I thought I would show you. Oh, and great. See, this is what oh, it looks yes. like. This is great podcasting. Um, but you know what? Maybe we'll show you <laughs> a picture. Aids. Yeah, we'll send, we'll loves. show a picture on Instagram. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's deep uh, magic. And so I'm looking forward to talking to her. We haven't actually interviewed her yet. We're doing no, that after yet. we record our parts, but we are looking That's forward right. to it. Um, so if you are uh, new here, what we usually do in the beginning is we talk about our cards, right? Suddenly I was like, wait, is that what we do? <laughs> you have been doing this for two years. <laughs> and I started to doubt myself. Um, so do you remember what we picked last time? I do. So I drew Foxglove from the Magic of Flowers Oracle, which is Summon Your Courage. Ah. And you drew a crystal that we had never, it was from the Crystal oh, yeah. Spirits Oracle. It was called Euclase. And we uh -huh. had not heard of that crystal. But what was, it was about boundaries. Was that right? Because we had been talking about boundaries. And then I remember both of our cards yeah. sort of reflected that. Yeah, it was about wis taking wisdom from within, listening to your inner truth, ah, uh, yeah, and trusting your earned wisdom and aligning with divine intelligence. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. what about you? How did did that feel? Right this yeah. week. Yeah, this is a really great week. I mean, ah. well, because I haven't been talking about this on the podcast, but Ted and I mean, I think I've alluded to it, but Ted mm -hmm. and I have been sort of like not knowing what was going to happen to our living situation because we heard our landlady out the window one day talking about <laughs> how she's selling the place. It was like months oh ago. We yeah. were like, oh, are you selling this place? So we weren't sure. Like we were thinking maybe we'll buy it, but we don't know. So she put the neighbors on sale before us. It's a like a fourplex. She's selling mm -hmm. them as condos. And it sounded um, like she was putting them on sale. She put the neighbors on sale. Like she, put she was it selling those humans. For sale. Oh, I the neighbors. <laughs> she sold the neighbors. No, she, well, the neighbors were gone. And so there were no neighbors. So she, okay. Okay. <laughs> so she sold that place. For, and it, and so she texted us and kept us posted that it went, it sold. And so anyway, basically, yeah. I just was like, I'm just calling her. So I called her and just to kind of get clear on everything that was happening. And then we learned we can stay here until the spring which is exactly what we needed just oh, a little God. more time because we didn't yeah. want to buy a place but we were like not really ready and not yeah. totally sold on buying this particular place so it's yeah. just like kind of a lot to deal with all at once yeah and also now winter's coming very soon it could snow anytime up here oh you know gosh. starting mostly in october but it wow. just would not be a good time to move. So we were feeling kind of like, should we go somewhere? Should we find a new place? Should we buy this place? Like, what's going to happen? And then it was just like, oh, this big relief. Like, now we can sleep at night a little better because we know we have yeah. some time to just kind of like think about what we want to do and kind of save a little bit more money and, you know. Yeah, so that's... It was great. And, oh, good. And I do feel like that calling her was kind of like all that stuff. Like, we, I just need to get clear on this. Like, I just need to talk to her. So... Yeah. Um. So, yeah. it. I feel like those cards resonated. So, what about you? How did those cards 
Yeah. Week. Well, um, I did some ancestor work this week that was pretty interesting that I guess we could say was divine wisdom. I mean, we definitely could say that. So it was interesting because I've been... Well, I So on my ancestor altar, I have my great aunt Evelyn, who was like very sweet. She was basically the only person in my family who I felt um, like a lot of love from, certainly the only woman. I did feel love from my dad, definitely, but he wasn't around a lot. Um, and then I have my aunt and my, my other aunt and my mom on my altar. So I was, and now that they've died, I get along with them very well. <laughs> Um, as I've said before. So anyway, I was asking them actually about like business and like expanding um, my business and like what information they had because my mom and my aunt were very, very smart, savvy women, even though they were born in like the 20s and 30s of the 1900s. Um, they like were very ahead of their time, but still the patriarchy as it was like kept them at a, there was a ceiling, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to ask them their thoughts and my aunt Evelyn had a lot to say to me. So anyway, what came out was very interesting. I'm going to try to distill it. Is that the right word? Give the salient details. So first of all, I felt like this old stuff, this patriarchal stuff that was keeping, you know, that they were trying to tell me like, well, what they told me about the patriarchy actually was that it's an energy level. This is what my aunt Mickey said. She said, it's a very strong energy level, but you don't have to plug into it. Like you can unplug from that energy level and plug into like a new vision. And that's not to say the patriarchy will stop existing once you do that. However, what she was kind of showing me was that women, a lot of women and certainly the women in my line, like understandably felt they had no choice but to plug into that. And so it was just kind of almost unconscious. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm plugged in, but you can unconscious, no, you can consciously unplug and go into like creating a new way of relating to money and to your power and how you show up in the world. Um, So she was just showing me that, which was super cool. And then I wanted to, like, I felt there was all this stuff left over that I wanted to hand to her, you know, like, okay, so here, this isn't mine. This maybe was never even yours, but I'm going to give it to you to hand back to your, to the line so that the guides, your guides can help you and all of that. And I felt kind of hesitant about doing that because I was like, oh, I don't want to hand you this mess, you know? Right. And what she said was, and I posted this on Instagram because it was so powerful. What she said was be unapologetic about handing back what isn't yours. Oh. It was so powerful for me because I really, what ended up happening was the rest of the week was that message was becoming true in so many ways, not even related to business at all, in fact. And what had happened was I, my tanta, my Aunt Evelyn, the older one, she she had a very like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, like vibe about her. She was much older than they were. Like, did you know that they used to take out, like she had her gallbladder removed and they told her, they didn't tell her it was happening. Like, cause she was a woman and they didn't want her to get quote unquote hysterical. So they only told her husband. Well, I only knew that they did stuff like that from movies, like love story. In the 70s. And also um, Rosemary's Baby. In both those movies, they'll be the doctor will talk to the husband and be like, oh, I don't want to tell you what's going on. I don't want to tell your wife what's happening with her own body, but I'll tell you. And I'm like, but this was the 70s. So I, yeah, yeah, I was aware in some, I didn't even know that way. Yeah. So they did that. They took out her gall. I remember my mom told me that many times. They were like, can you believe they just took it out? She didn't even know what was happening. And by the way, it's not like we've come so far with these abortion rights. They're telling women like now they're telling women what's happening, but they're telling them they can't make choices with their body. Mm -hmm. So infuriating. Anyway, um, so she 
was a, like kind of had a very helpless, not kind of, she had a very, she was so sweet, but had a very helpless energy about her. Like when her husband died, she told, I didn't know him. She, he was dead for decades before she died. And she was like, I'm not going to be around much longer. Like she would say that to me all the time <laughs> from the time I was like eight. I, she would say that. Because she just thought she was going to die. Like, he died, she was ready to die. Because she felt like she couldn't handle herself. So anyway, what happened was I ended up taking on that energy. And, like, I started to feel very heavy and bad. And then I remembered just, like, what my Aunt Mickey said, which is be unapologetic about handing back what isn't yours. But I felt so bad. I was like, I don't want to give her this bad. Like, this is, like, she wants my help. But really, what I also heard then, I was talking to my guides about it, and they were like, you're actually doing them a favor to give it back to them. Right. I mean, I could see that because then it's like they, I mean, and they're in a place where they can access a lot of wisdom and power. to. They can, but they have to ask. That's the thing. Like they have to, it's very similar to, like help comes much quicker, but you still have to ask for it. Uh You know, it's like the time that (laughs) John JFK Jr. came to me. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I was like, ask your guides. He's like, I have guides. I was like, yeah. And the second he did, it was like, he was Uh gone. So it's very fast, that help. They can feel it much quicker. But she just thought, because she's still holding this thought form of being a victim, of not being able to take care of herself, it was, she she thought I, I opened up to her. She was like, oh, honey, like, here, you can do this for me. And then I felt guilty. But the thing is that what I really saw, which I still, I'm still working on, but that when you don't give it back to somebody, you're robbing them of the opportunity to get their own power back, to mm-hmm. heal it. Mm-hmm. Because then she's just going to start keep thinking other people can do it for her. She doesn't know that she can do it. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty big. And really owning this idea of being unapologetic about handing back what isn't yours, it, I just realized like how much it is in our every my everyday life like even in things like oh if I'm worried somebody's mad at me it's like that's not my that's not my thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's not my responsibility you know of course I can do something like I just have to look at what's coming up for me or like I don't know just there's a there's so many ways in which like trying to figure things out is another way of of um like, it's not my responsibility. Like, and to figure a, everything out. Like, to figure out something that is, like, a problem, like, overthinking a problem. Right, Maybe totally. within a relationship. Or trying to, like, read people's minds. Like, uh, when someone says, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. But instead of being like, do I want to do this? Like, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what do they think I should say? Or how are they feeling? Or what's the, all the social dynamics? Or even... Yeah, or if they like kind of give you a look, let's say, and then you start reading into that <laughs> yeah. look, it's like, no, that's not mine. If they right. want to tell me about what that look is, they can. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it. Right. Definitely. But that's not mine. Handing it back. Um, yeah. So anyway, it just has, it's a very potent lesson and I really appreciated it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. It's funny. Like, it reminds me of this time that um, when I lived in LA, that. I got to notice that I had this really big fine at the library hmm. for a book I hadn't checked out. <laughs> it was like a Spanish textbook. And they're like, you owe us like uh, over $100 for this textbook. I was like, yeah. I never checked it out. And how I just like the way I talked when I went to the guy to talk about it. I was like, no. He was like, this is a very expensive book. I was like, but I didn't check it out. This oh wasn't God. mine. Yeah. Like, it's kind yeah, of that same. I mean, that's exactly. a literal version, but it's like, why should I pay this fine for this book I've never seen or uh, ever checked out? Yes. If only, that's a great example. Like, if only we could look at all of the emotions in our life like that. Like, yeah. no, sorry, this is it. Oh, yeah, that's funny, but no, that's not mine, actually. Right. Yeah, this I would is pay yours. fine if I had lost this book right. and I never checked it out in the first place. <laughs> and then what is your responsibility or my responsibility in this case is to look at what comes up when I, like, realize, oh, but I can't, like, stuff around, but a good person does this, it, oh, you know, right. it's my fault if I don't fix it. That stuff is my stuff to look at and heal. Mm-hmm. 
So, all right. I just That's very face, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So, now what would you like to talk about? Okay. So, I want to talk about um, this website called thelifeyoucansave.org. This yeah. is so cool because for a long time I wanted to contribute to charity. And I would often be like, I just don't know what charities are really doing a good job and like you hear about how there's charities that most of the money that gets donated to them goes to you know the people who work at the charity and they're not like super efficient like you just don't know but now there's this there has been this site called the life you can save.org i also just quickly want to say we're not getting any money for this this is just just a passion of you just like this book and want to talk about a nice way to give well, it, there is a book called The Life You Can Save, oh, and then yes. there's a, a site that was inspired by it, because the book I also recommend reading, it's by Peter Singer. and But the, the site is, um, it's an organization that vets charities, so it really looks at charities, and it sees like, what are they doing with the money they get and how many lives are they saving or or deeply changing like how yeah. much money are they providing to people in need and so i recommend going to this site and looking just looking at all the charities they have on there because they're all you can trust them all so i've been donating to give directly which gives uh, cash transfers to people who need it in different parts of the world Mm. and so it's like a um, universal basic income and I do that when I do my Akashic clearings for charity so Mm. that's you can actually schedule one of those I do one a week if you want and I they're $111 and I donate all of that to the life you can save to give directly through the life you can save.org that's great um yeah and I always mention Whenever I send out a newsletter, I give um, at least 10% of what I make to a charity. And so if you're in my newsletter, you can see that month or week or whatever. I mean, it's always one a month. This month, I donated to the Lilith Fund, which is helping Texan women. Nice. Yeah, support them in that. Um, And so then I also wanted to mention that I have a little more space. I've opened up more space for readings um, definitely this month and until I start working on another class. Um, so if you would like to see me for a reading, there's more space for it. And I'm just going to read a quick testimonial. Um from Ashley, who said, working with Natasha is nothing short of a gift. Using her unique abilities and expertise, she's able to quickly hone in on underlying issues and has helped me work through deeply seated limiting beliefs within a short period of time. She will provide you with val- valuable, often profound insight and help you heal on an energetic level so that integrating after a session is smoother. You will love working with her. Five out of five stars. I didn't even um, give them a star system. <laughs> And she chose one. So, yeah, yeah. I so concur if you... with all of that. She, oh, Natasha thanks. is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And so, um, if you want to do that, I appreciate that. Um, it's um, you just go to my website, highestlighthealing.com, and go to work with me. So also just real quick, my new book, The Self-Love Superpower, The Magical Art of Approving of Yourself No Matter What, is now available. So oh, wherever so you like to get books, you can find it. I hope you get it and like it. And then if you have been reading it, I would love it if you'd write it a review. And and also we'd love it if you'd write us a review. Oh, yeah. We sure would. Uh, we, got, uh, we're, we won't read it now, but... We just keep getting the most wonderful review. The last one I just sent to test today. That's why it's on my mind. And we just really love. Thank you so much, everyone who writes those. We're really grateful for them. We so are so grateful. And if you haven't yet, we would love it. We would really yeah. appreciate it. It helps us spread the word about our podcast. Yes. Um, oh, I just realized, are we going to answer one? We we were going to answer one quick question before we oh, okay. oh, that's right. our guest. Okay. Um, so let me just get to it. But if you would like to um, ask us a question, you can call our voicemail at 828-333-7181. 
828-333-7181. I did it in a new way today. Or you can go to our website, Magic Monday Podcast, and click on Ask a Question. So our question today is from Kit, who said... Hello, Tess and Natasha. I have a question regarding meditation. Sometimes I sit up and other times I lay down. It just depends on my mood and the meditation I'm going to do. The problem is that when I lay down, I feel guilty about it. I feel like since sitting up seems to be the standard, laying down is lazy and not as beneficial. Is it okay to lay down during meditation or should you always sit up? Thank you so much for answering my question. Tess, I adore your books. And Natasha, your inner child healing class changed my life. The two of you have added so much substance to my spiritual practice. And for that, I'm forever grateful. You two are a true treat. Thanks again. Thank you. I know. So sweet. Um, I'd like to answer this first, especially we kind of got to be quick. But what I want to say is that it sounds to me like, especially since you took my class, you'll know about this, is there's... You have some kind of inner child part or inner critic part that is telling you you're lazy and you're not doing it right. So you may want to have a word with that part and be like, oh, look at you. I feel compassion for you. Why do you feel this? And you may get a lot of information, not just about meditating, but about other areas that that part feels like it needs to protect you from. And so it feels you need to be doing it in some quote unquote perfect way. But the short answer is no, it's not lazy. (laughs) Yeah. Do it however you want. Listen to your intuition. Sometimes I lay down. When I do the Merkaba, generally I'm sitting up just because there's a lot of visualizing going on and I like to be oriented that way. When I'm doing reprogramming, I'm usually laying down. You know, it depends how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like when I'm doing things that are like um, like a real deep sort of inner journey type of thing, I will lay down. Or if it's yeah. like hypnosis-like, exactly, then I'll yeah. lay down. But I do like to sit up when I'm doing um, like a, a chakra clearing. Yeah. Like a cleansing or anchoring into the earth because that vertical placement to me, that feels right energetically for anchoring my energy into the earth and into yeah. the cosmos. Me too. Speaking of which, we both have a chakra clearing meditation. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to that. Um, yeah. What I was going to say. Yeah, I feel the same way. If there's some kind of visualization where you're anchoring into the earth, it's just easier for me. But you can do it laying down. You don't have to. But yeah, you could still clear your chakras that way. I just prefer yes. to do it sitting up. And I also want to say everyone's different. Like maybe for mm-hmm. you, you just get into a zone way better when you're when you're lying yeah. down. Uh, or maybe you fall asleep. And then you really probably that might not be the best option for you then. Unless you want to fall asleep at the end of your meditation. But mm-hmm. just like this is one of those things where I think you got to check in with yourself and see what feels right. Yeah. Thank you for your question. And just because of time, we will answer the other questions later. And we appreciate you asking them. Um, Okay. Do you want to read? Yeah, yeah, now it's time for Tudor Beth. So we're going to speak to the author of the book we mentioned, which her new book is The Hedge Witch's Little Book of Spells, Charms, and Brews. Uh, Tudor Beth is the principal of the British College of Witchcraft and Wizardry and teaches courses on witchcraft. She is the author of numerous books, including A Spellbook for the Seasons. Tudor Beth is a hereditary practitioner. Her great-grandmother was a well-known tea reader in Ireland, while her Welsh great-grandmother was a healer and wise woman. Tudor Beth, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to talk to you today. Yes. Thank you very much. So uh, we love your book. We already told our listeners that we love we love your book. And I thought maybe we could start because today is the harvest moon, the day that this this podcast is coming out. And then it's Mabin, the fall equinox on Wednesday or the spring equinox if you're in the Southern hemisphere. So I thought we could start by asking, what are your plans for this uh, Sabbath? Oh, and also you were mentioning before we got, we're recording that as a hedge witch, you call it something else. And so if you could. Oh yeah. So we are curious about what that is. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's quite a lot in there. So I'll try. Yeah. And try and <laughs> um, it, we are, head witches are very, very nature based. So even with our rituals and what's going to happen, it depends on the weather. Oh. <laughs> so whatever is happening on that weather on that day, for example, if it's going to be nice and stormy, there's lots of wonderful spells that we can do to tune in to that into a storm okay yeah so everything is dictated to us by nature and what is happening in the world our world and our part of the world at that time so although we might have like a set thing like oh okay it's um for example in in bulk uh we would call that the snowdrop festival because traditionally the snowdrops are out oh that's cute i love it so, so, and it, once again, it depends what is happening in the world and that kind of thing. Now, traditionally, Maybon, um, I'll call it Maybon, um, it is a, it's a very magical time of the year because it's an equinox. It falls around the equinox. Once again, dictated to by the environment and by nature. So what is actually happening? Traditionally, we say, you know, it's one of those days that it's, it's, it's a half day, meaning that it's a, of equal mass. So you, you allegedly, you're supposed to have equal amount of time of light and dark, of day and night. Yeah. So it's one of those kind of times where you can have a, balance, a balancing type of spells and um, emphasis on your ritual of the day meaning yeah. if you've been working too hard in the office and you're just losing that kind of spirituality or if you've got um if you you know most of my working life I used to work in schools I was a school teacher so and and September is one of the most busiest times of the year in the school year yeah. because the kids have just come back from from vacation you're trying to get into the rut you know into into a pattern again and, and not only that, the time is changing. So here in the Northern Hemisphere in Lincoln, in England, we, you know, the nights start getting a bit uh, darker, that bit earlier, you know, we're starting to get into the season of uh, mists and fog and all of those kind of things. So there's a lot going on. So traditionally, I, when I was working in, in schools um, and, it, and it fell on the Maybon on, on, on Autumn Festival, I would have like a rebalancing type of ritual where I would have one black candle, one white candle, and I would perform a ritual just uh, like honing in and just balancing myself and asking for, you know, peace, strength, and love always, because we were always coming from love, um, just, to, just to get through those next six weeks to the next festival which was of course is the new year for us as well and we call that the awakening um on Samhain Halloween Halloween. yeah yeah Halloween Uh, and and you know because it's it's the awakening you're waking up it's it's the time and it's also a new year it's a new beginning um so I like that as well one of the things we do call uh Maybon is the it, it because we have lots of apple trees around everywhere here it's the to for us we call it the apple festival it's the apple festival i'm curious if there is some kind of big natural disaster even or like if there was like a tornado or like a hurricane or something would you then do a spell to align with it or what do what do you do you do something yes yeah um we do do spells for that in the um because th- this little book, this little hedgewitchery book is uh, one of three books. And the second book is the book on, on the seasons. And in that, um, in the autumn section, I have spells for hurricanes and tornadoes and oh. things like that. Yeah, I, I, that's one of my favorite. That, the next one is my favorite one, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, because the they, have a, they have a particular energy that you align oh. with for a certain oh, yes. purpose. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And it's not also just for us drawing in that energy as well Mm -hmm. um, and getting that power into us and into our spells and and those kind of things. But there's all the what also comes with it is a healing spell, a healing spell for the earth, 
because what you must understand is with a hurricane or a tornado or anything of a natural disaster kind of like that the earth needs healing Mm. so in amongst gaining that energy for ourselves we would also do a, a spell or a ritual for the earth so um, I do one for a, a flood that's come after a hurricane and things. And I, I talk about, you know, earth, drink up your thirsty roots. So I'm asking the roots to drink up the, the mm. extra water and those kind of things in the second book. But yeah, so we do, we do a, a lot of things. And this is what I mean when I talk about balance. And in particular with uh, the Apple Festival, Maybon, um, you know, it is, it's that balance of not only for us and what we want, so maybe you want money, but at the same time, there's also health. And there's also that time for healing. And it's always the, the, the earth is very, very central to us as well, because we're using that earth energy, but we're also replenishing it by saying, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna look after you, we're gonna help you, we're gonna, you know, heal. Uh, we're sending our energy to help the earth the plants the flowers the animals everything so it's very similar when we do like a a neshbat a a moon festival you know for a full moon because there's three nights of a full moon Mm -hmm. so the first night would be traditionally something uh, a a gratitude thank you you know for everybody um the second night would be something specific for you what you want for that Mm -hmm. month and then the third one would be a healing a, a healing uh, oh, spell or I healing ritual. So, so do you not do like a releasing? Because I know a lot of times with the full moon, it's about releasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing when we say gratitude first off, that's kind of like a release. So the okay. gratitude is always there and it's usually always on the first cycle of that full moon. Because yeah. It's usually on the first night is the gratitude. Thank you for the thank you i'm releasing this energy that i've stored up for this this past month thank you very much um uh for everything that's happened good or bad um you know but we always say that that gratitude and it's always there and healing there's also a a, like um an unwinding energy to healing so that's on the third night i love that the three nights of the full moon instead of just the one I know. A lot I of people just say one night, and it's like, no, you, mm-hmm. you know, the, the environment gives the the universe gives us so much, and it's like, no, you've got three nights. You know mm-hmm. what? You've got three nights. Use every single one of them if you can, mm-hmm. and it doesn't yeah. have to be. You know, it, it's there, and it's all around us. And you know what? It's free. So, oh right, <laughs> yeah. Use it. It's yeah. free. And I it's always. You feel the energy for more than the first night anyway. So it's like it's there. What about the new moon? Do you do three nights for that too? No, no, we don't generally. um, I've just done a a one night and it depends where it, it depends where it is. I mean, this is another thing that I say in my books is that, you know, our lives are so hectic. And even though we may have had lockdowns and pandemics and what have you, they are still really hectic. And it's okay if you can't do a ritual on a full moon or a new moon. And it, it's okay if you're not tapping into that energy. You know, the, the craft, the witchcraft, is it's you. It's all about how you want to embrace that spirituality and that healing and that love into your life. No one's telling you how to do anything. It's entirely up to you. So if you don't make it you know, for a full moon, fine. There's always going to be another one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I love that. No guilt. Yeah. No guilt. There's no guilt (laughs) in witchcraft. Yeah. None at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, could you, so you define in the beginning of your book, you define hedge witchery. So could you share your definition of hedge witchery with us and our listeners? Okay, sure. So hedge witchery, like I said previously, is very, very nature-based. We are sort of extremely dictated to what's happening in our local environment um and and i was a hedge witch living in london uh, for many years for over a decade when i worked down there as a teacher mm. and it was very difficult it was difficult 
but mm. it can be done in a city because there's parks you know you take yourself off to a city park and you know I, I was always the strange woman in the park with my shoes off standing in the grass you know <laughs> with bare feet you know I'm that woman um <laughs> you know so you do find a way and also you have like plants in the house and you, you know you've got beautiful ferns at the back of you I can see there um so you know you can create it around you uh hedge witchery but so hedge witchery and it's also very very esoteric it's very um it's more spiritual I I've just been writing the third the third book in this trilogy um and I I, I say that it's like when I try to explain hedge witchery to friends and fellow sisters and brothers in the craft I explain it it's 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 that part of witchcraft that tries to make the practical the impractical practical oh, I love that that's music you know, to my ears you know so it's, <laughs> it's all about the stuff we cannot see but we believe yeah mm. so I mean there's so much energy that we cannot see we don't we don't see my microwaves we don't see energy we don't see magnetic energy we don't see solar really energy we don't see that we just see that we feel the effects of it and there's so much energy in this universe and it can manifest in different things so we will believe in what for want of a better word fairies and elementals and the energies of the sea and the energies of the earth and the air and when I when I was talking about tornadoes and the winds and all of that we believe that there is elementals within that there's a lot of energy in there mm -hmm. so you know scientists may call it energy but we also call it energy we just give it a name we give mm -hmm. it a different kind of identity like we a consciousness yes we mm -hmm. give that identity that energy identity and a consciousness absolutely and and so and this is something that's come through from generations and generations and so many people around the world have these kind of uh, myths and legends and beliefs about about these elemental beings. But Hedwitchery is very much aware of that and we try to work with them. We respect them. Um, that's the main thing always is that we do respect them. And I, I, I have Irish, um, Welsh and Scottish <laughs> Uh, grandparents and ancestry and I was always over in Ireland for my summer holidays as a child and and even when you know at the age of like 13 and 14 I was still putting food out I do that now anyway but even, you know when you're a teenager you think I'm crazy I shouldn't be doing this but I still believed in like the leprechauns and the wee folk and the fairies and I, I would put the food out for them even as a teenager how many 13 14 year olds <laughs> you just needed to yeah. part of you well there's a whole movement now I think there's a lot of teenagers doing that or maybe that's just where I live I'm <laughs> glad <laughs> so when you leave the food out because like I um I'm like very connected to angels and my spirit guides and I've been less connected to fairies and leprechauns and those beings, but it, is it like a, um, you know, is it just like an offering like a, I see you, I acknowledge you and this, because it feels like, I, I don't know. I'm just curious about it because, you know, they can't, they don't eat that food they are in energy so they're not they're in a different place so is it like a loving offering kind of thing yes it is both but it's also what you actually leave out um so you you tend not to leave so much human food as oh such. okay yeah so you would um things like honey water so it's a little bit of water that's got a bit of honey in it so, so okay. things like that that uh -huh. would be in an in an egg cup um, just a little tiny bit of it in, in, in that. Or, or if you make your own mead and things like that, they do like mead, mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, and, and which is also honey and, and those kind of things. They do like they like certain things like cakes, but the, the, once again, it's think of it as if you were giving uh, making food for the birds. Okay. So if you if you were going to make like a, a fat ball or something for, for the birds to, ha to put it out on the trees and things, you know, you get a, a pine cone and you put it full of lard and you put lots of seeds and things in it. You can do things like that, but with, you know, things for the, for the fairies. So if you've got like a little acorn, um, you put a little bit of honey in there. There's, um, like I say, the water. Um, 
different types of energies like different types. So for example, if you do have a house um, elemental, such as in Scotland, they believe in the uh, brownies. I don't know if you've heard of a brownie. Mm -hmm. um, and they love uh, dairy products. So if you've got, a, if, if, you, if you, in your house, if you seem to find that your milk is going missing or cheese or, or, or your yogurts and anything that's a dairy thing and it keeps going missing and you keep finding yourself buying lots and lots of milk, you might have a wee brownie there. So, <laughs> you know, so you've got to address them and you've got to welcome them and say, here you are and leave out a little glass of milk for them. So you're welcoming them and saying, mm. you know, I know you're here, you can, you know, uh, but the, the brownies are also supposed to um, clean the house for you as well. So, you know, by oh. giving them some food, they yeah, it's always good That'd to have nice. a brownie or two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm curious, could you talk about the word hedge? Because you talk about how a hedge, we think of it, I mean, in modern terms as like a border of a bush in front of the house, but this is not, it, it also used to mean like, um, forest right or like the magical space between it still has a kind of a border connotation is that right yeah it's it's always the border it's always the borderlands and it's mm -hmm. that place sort of in between and you're crossing over into the border okay so it is like hedge but it does also mean forest because we say think of hedge now as like the hedgerow right. and if you go out into the countryside and you you know and you've got farmers fields on one side and on the other side you've got a road you will have a hedge. Uh -huh. So it's still that border. It, it is still like a wall. It is still there in, it, in its varied forms. So the hedge is that is that crossing the like hedge. a liminal space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're going from one, so you're going from the road into the field. But in order to get there, you've got to cross over that hedge. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, that's that it's that crossing it's sort of like um living in two worlds it's it's a bit like a contradiction you know you're you're either one or or not you're either this or you're, you're that it, it's very very difficult at times to be a hedge witch because you are aware of, of like that world and then you're also aware of this world and mm -hmm. and many hedge witches are, are those kind of people that are split in two literally I don't know if you've ever experienced that that you are literally split in two you have one type of life and then you've got this other type of life it doesn't you know, sound much different than being a Pisces rising honestly <laughs> you are a Pisces <laughs> yep i understand what do you know what your moon and rising are oh my goodness my my moon sign is sagittarius so okay. i am test too yeah. me too yeah. <laughs> so i'm so i'm uh water on one side and fire on the other so that's a contradiction and a split you know are you a, are you pisces rising and sun uh, yeah, my Pisces is sun. My rising sign is actually Virgo. Mm. Oh, Tess is a Virgo sun. Yeah, so you've a got a sun. combo of us here. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that you are Virgo, like the Virgo Pisces. That yeah. is a split. They're opposite. Yeah, the practical and then the intuitive and dreamy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and that's what I'm saying is that even though it does affect with my you know zodiac signs and everything it will do it in your life as well because I I was split within my career I was like at one side of my career was very academic because I was a teacher but mm -hmm. the role that I played was with uh, special needs so there was also that caring aspect as well so I had to be aware of you know all the medical side of things as well and, and, and what my uh, students could do and could not do as well so there's like there was the split and everything that you do in life there seems to be this split um and it's it's all the way through when you're a hedge witch and I I think uh, you know other hedge witches feel that way as well yeah I do feel like the magical spiritual path like it's a process of weaving the those two yeah. together so that over time it starts to be like you get more and more comfortable being in both worlds at once like you're yeah. in you you're in nature and you're aware of the aliveness of it and then you're also able to you know have a conversation with your friend about 
where you're going to eat dinner later, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're in both worlds. <laughs> well, I feel like from what, I mean, just over the years doing this podcast, what I've learned from you, Tess, and from all the witches we speak to, I mean, witchcraft to me feels like a very grounding process, practice yeah. anyway, because it is very nature-based and earth-oriented and like my work is more like whoo, out there in the, you know, other um, dimensions and the spirit world, but there's also a spirit world here that lives in the earth. Yeah. And that is like the split maybe um, of feeling into that, like it is earth and it is grounding and it's also spirit. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's like, that's the, I feel like the healing aspect of it too. It's like, we're looking at energetic patterns, but we're also really just tuning in. Like, how does my body feel? How, what are, what's it manifesting? What does it need to eat? Like, how much does it need to sleep? Like very practical merged with, you know, yeah. intuition and spirit and communicating with the divine. Yeah. So you keep, you've mentioned your other book. We only received this one, the little book of spells, charms, and brews, but can you tell us what is the name of your the spell book for the seasons? Yeah. Was that yeah. out before this one? Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is a very beautiful book. It was made, uh, published by Welbeck publishing. Okay. Uh, so it, it's not a Llewellyn book, but yeah, it is a beautiful book, and it was it was out two thousand and nineteen. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So you out. consider that to be part of a series with this book? Uh, no, that's a standalone oh. one. This is the series. They're all oh. little head twitchery books. The, and the, the second one... two, the other two in the series are on the way. They haven't come out yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Got they're, it. They're, they're already advertising the next one of this, and it's got and it once again it's got a green. Uh, it's a green cover oh, okay. I, I, yeah because it's seasons and I wanted it green um, nice. so yeah so they're, they're doing it that way but that one's already um, being advertised on Amazon and all over the place anyway oh, so okay. exciting yeah so yeah. um so Natasha do we have more time um yeah maybe one more question okay so, <laughs> I'm the timekeeper even uh, though you're the more grounded one I'm, the I'm a little more shy about putting limits on time that's so, where I feel grounded <laughs> so um oh I have what, what do I want to ask you about how about your um your ancestors because I feel like I also have magical ancestors I mean even grand my grandmothers that I knew but they didn't they weren't out of the closet about it I don't even know if they would have told themselves that they were witches but I could sense that they were like energetically I feel like it's a identity you know like it's a way that you just are or you're not and um so I I guess I'm curious about what it was like to have, um, to be conscious of having magical grandmothers. Um, yeah, they, they were amazing. Actually, (laughs) they really were amazing. My, Mm. my grandparents, uh, and great grandparents as well. And the practical side, because once again, here comes that split in hedge witchery, you know, you've got the esoteric, very spiritual mediumistic type of, uh, witchcraft and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and that was my Irish grandmother great-grandmother and she read tea leaves in in Ireland and oh, very cool. famous and, yeah she was my mum's uh, grandmother and my mother grew up with her as well um, and on my father's side was very practical they're all midwives they were all very very um, you know incredibly nature-based my my father during the war during the blitz he was a young boy growing up in London but his 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 mother my grandmother ended up because was a was a matron so she ended up on the on the cruise ships so she went to on these on the ships that brought back these wounded soldiers and his father went in the navy so he was gone so my father grew up with his grandmother who is Flora and he always says, I wish I listened more to her because mm-hmm. she is the one that it all stems, I think it stems from, um, you know, how to make candles, uh, the recipes, what goes with what, you know, how to survive in nature. It was really her 
because my father was very, very similar and he taught me different things, um, you know, about the trees and what you can eat outside. And he taught me all of the foraging and all of the nature based things. And he also another thing with hedge witchery is that they have a lot of um, myths and legends that come through that follow through from generation to generation. And my father was very good at telling the stories that he'd learned from um, great grandma Flora. Mm. Um, and even a very name Flora says it all really yeah. you know yeah. flowers and everything um, but she was a very very strong woman and mm. she, she taught everything he never went hungry he always used to say you know we, in the war we had ration books I never went hungry yeah. because uh. my 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 granny he called her my granny she knew everything in the, in nature they never yeah. went hungry she had a small little farm a small little small holding here in Lincolnshire and that's where he grew up um, during those war years and it was from her through my dad that I learned the hedge witchery um, that magic um, as I've gotten older I traced the family tree even further and I um, and if, if anybody does trace the you know ancestry and all of, of that kind of thing there's some great sites online now where you can trace yeah. the family tree and I've got so many interesting characters that were mm. renowned uh witches and this that and the other but I think one of the main family names is uh somebody called Sarah Raven and I I'm I'm from her and she's also Flora's distant relative mm, as well okay. do you and ever I, I, um oh sorry I was just asking do you ever work with your ancestors that have passed yes yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I I always work with them and never never stopped working with them I mean yeah. I, I said about we're coming up to the you know the apple the Maybon and also mm -hmm. the new year which is a, an awakening festival as well and we always uh, set the table and we have an empty seat and that's nice. for the ancestors oh, um, nice. uh, you know we'll make a place for them as well you yeah. know because they, they represent so much and there's all the photos of them that sometimes it can be hard throughout the year to keep all of their photos out um yeah. it might be painful but on one particular night you have all of their photos out you embrace them you acknowledge them um I also acknowledge them you know um I, I will go to their graveside uh, and put flowers on even though I've never met some of these great grandmothers mm -hmm. um yeah. I, I you know I, I never met them and I, and I look after their graves that's um, they have so much wisdom it's great to acknowledge that and bring it in yeah yeah absolutely. all right well unfortunately we should wrap up you have just so much knowledge and I'm so excited for your next book as well but in the meantime yeah. <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you um you can find me on twitter um just chew to Beth. If you just type in Tudor Beth, I come up. I'm there on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. Um, I'm Tudor Beth Seven because that's one of my numbers. It's okay. my lucky number seven. Um, <laughs> so Beth Seven, that's me as well. I've got lots of things out there. And then also on Llewellyn's site itself, I've got a little page uh, okay. about me as well. Yeah. I also okay. used to teach, uh, I do teach at uh, the uh, British College of Witchcraft and Wizardry, but the site is under, yeah, changes. Okay. We're, up, we're updating it. So yeah, try to get me on my Twitter or my Instagram. It's much easier. Sounds great. Thank you so much for being here. We yeah, love I talking love talking to you. to you. So much deep magic in your books and in your yeah. energy. So thank you so much thank for you. talking to us today. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that. Just a little behind the scenes, we actually haven't uh, interviewed her yet. So if you're wondering, hey, that would have been a perfect thing to call back from the interview. That's why. Yeah, or we... like, why aren't they talking about how great that interview was? It's because we haven't yeah. heard it yet. Yeah. But Although we, we can imagine still it was talk probably about great. it. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's time for the energy report. Well, this week, as I tuned into the energy, I was like, huh, that's interesting. What's going on? And then I realized it's a full moon in Pisces, which is definitely informing the week. 
definitely the first. How I felt it was certainly the first, like, through Wednesday into Thursday, and then it kind of shifts a little bit. But what I want to say about it is it would be a great time for, like we talked about before, a chakra clearing, energy clearing. And I'm already seeing that from this past weekend clients. It's been very much a theme of clearing out energy, like moving the energy, clearing it out. There's been some actually quite intricate clearings going, like even from like decades ago that are like now, what I think it is, is that people are clearing out their space enough that now these things are being more are more visible and ready to clear out, ready to mm-hmm. leave. Um, so that's what I'm seeing for the first part of the week. Um, is this like, yeah, if you want to do a chakra clear, like I said, we both have one. If you're on my newsletter, you get it for free. I think it's free on Tessa's site too. Mm-hmm. Your own, not mine. Um, <laughs> and, um, you could also see me for if you feel like, oh, boy, this is old stuff. Like, I, I don't even know where to begin. I'm happy to help you with that in a session. Um, So those kind of things, like just bringing in light, you can. Im- my favorite thing to do is to imagine a big sun above my head and see all of my energy coming back into it and the it burning off in that beautiful sun. Anything that isn't mine just burns it off and sends it back to whoever's it is. Then open it up and bring that light in through all the cells um, and deep down into the earth through my, you know, from the feet into the earth. Um, and then the other part I want to say about that is then later in the week, it does look like things are clearing out a bit from that kind of maybe watery stuff. And it feels to me like embracing the light. So especially if you have been clearing out and getting clear, it feels like now there's more space for that light, more space for you to feel into your um, your energy, your power, and to be shining it out and maybe creating or working or writing, manifesting, whatever it is. Um, there's like more room for that to, to flow. So that's nice. how I feel about this week. Okay. So yeah, once again, I feel very aligned with what you're saying. Oh, okay. So now it's time for practical magic. I just felt like a lot of joy. <sighs> you know when sometimes I'm like doing the podcast and then in the middle of it, I'm like, oh, I'm doing the podcast. This is so <laughs> great. But I was just having that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> so um, as I mentioned today, full moon, Pisces full moon, harvest moon. Don't you mm. love that harvest yes, moon time? Yes, I, do. I uh, do. Well, in the northern hemisphere. Yes. And then on we Wednesday. Are. Oh, what's that? I said, which is where we are. Yes. And then on Wednesday, it's Mabin, the fall equinox. It's also the time that Libra season begins, Ah. which I love that because the fall equinox or the spring equinox, if you're in the southern hemisphere, this is a time of balance. This is a time when the days and nights are of roughly equal length. So, um, so perfect time for Libra season to begin, right? This just ushering it in with balance. Yes. I do want to say it just reminded me, I think there's been a lot of relationship stuff coming up too, which is Libra season. Mm -hmm. Libra in astrology is ruled, but it's the seventh house is its home, which is relationships. So I just wanted to add, yeah, if that's coming up, that's, that could be why. So, um, so tonight you may want to, I mean, if you're listening on Monday, you may want to dance under the harvest moon and just feel gratitude, expansion. I feel like it's a time, the harvest moon is a time of celebrating your successes. And there's been so many. I mean, sometimes I like to just be like, oh my gosh, over this last couple of years, I have changed so much. I have yeah. learned so much. I feel yeah. so much wiser. I feel so much more comfortable in my skin. Like yeah. the things that don't matter, it's so much easier for me to not care about them, you know? Yeah. Do you know something that reminds me? I'm sorry to interrupt you again, no. but I I was just listening 
to this podcast called 10% Happier with Dan Harris, I think. And he was saying he has this person on this week that he they were did a study that people get happier starting around in like they they're happy as a kid or something and then it levels off um and then they get even more happy than they ever were starting like in their early 50s and on Uh, yeah i've read that too that there's like that it um it it was in a book i read called when it was like a Mm. book about the time about timing various ways that we can become aware of positive timing and one of them was that that like Actually, there's like a little dip. He was yes. Like when you yes. get to around fifty, there's like a little dip, and then there's oh. and then you feel happy after, or maybe it's right before fifty. I feel I like I've already yeah, gone before. through it though, even though I'm yeah. before. Well, maybe with the pandemic thing, I bet it up. Yes, I really believe that because things. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll stop interrupting for your. Oh no, that's okay. I segment. like that. Um. So on Maybin, the fall equinox. This is what I have in my calendar, the 2021 year most magical year yet calendar. And this, you can also do this for the spring equinox. Um, On Mabin, also known as the fall equinox, the days and nights are of roughly equal length. This, along with the fact that the sun moves into the most balanced sign of Libra on this day, means the time is perfect for magic related to harmony, beauty, and inner calibration. Light a white candle and a stick or cone of sandalwood incense on your altar. Relax, breathe, and invoke these qualities. Call on the goddess and God. Connect your energy field to the earth and cosmos. Feel your mind, body, spirit, and energy field coming into harmonious calibration. Mentally send this balancing energy throughout your home, workplace, relationships, and any situation you'd like to bring into greater harmony. I love it. Thanks. Um, okay. So shall we oh do our little housekeeping and then pick our card for the week? Yes, let's do that. Okay. So as I mentioned, you can find me at highestlighthealing.com and you can schedule a session with me or look at my classes. Um, and you can also find me at I'm mostly, well, I guess I share what I post on Instagram at Highest Light Healing with Facebook. I'm not really on Facebook so much, but um, yeah. And you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. You can ask us a question on there. You can find us at Magic Monday Pod on Facebook. Magic Monday Podcast listeners is a little group on there. And on Instagram at Magic Monday Podcast. Oh, and you can sign up for our newsletter, too, which I think this week I'm sending one, our monthly one out, and then Tess always sends one every week. Yeah, with pictures of the cards that we draw and links to our guests and all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, mostly that, really. Yeah. And what about you? Oh, (laughs) you can find me at TessFightHers.com which is where you can find lots and lots of spells and rituals, guided meditations fall equinox spring equinox ideas and you can find me on instagram at tess 4444 on twitter at tess whitehurst on facebook at tess whitehurst author and on youtube at tess whitehurst all right so i'm picking once again from colette baron reads the crystal spirits oracle because it's still on my desk okay and i am drawing from the cosmic dancer oracle which i co-wrote yes so I picked orange calcite. Oh. Yeah. And it's um, it's interesting. I was mentioning relationships because the picture is this beautiful orange calcite heart with two people in it and um, a heart inside the heart. And the essential meaning is creativity, the pleasure of birthing something new, sensuality, and sexuality. You know, when you were mentioning the celebration, I that's what I was also feeling when I was feeling into that light at the end of the week. It feels like that, like celebrating your power, feeling your power. And Well, yeah, um, and then that calcite, it sounds like that, the orange calcite, the way she's describing it is really aligned with the second chakra, like yes. which we were talking about last week, the oh, yeah. one's own space. Right. 
Um, so I'm just going to go to here, which is, it says fulfillment, purpose, and joy are the gifts you receive when you become a clear channel for the artistry of the conscious universe. And like I was saying, clearing out your energy this week, and then you can be that channel. Begin to heal the wound of the past created when you were told no, or you said no to your potential. Say yes to yourself today for your creative soul is urging you to let it express itself. That's exactly what, what I was talking about. And start and what you were talking about, start by painting, drawing, dancing, singing. Use any art form that puts you in touch with your awesome inner artist for it will help you remember how powerful a co-creator you are. I, I like that. orange, too, for the fall equinox and for the yeah. harvest moon. And also calcite. I align calcite with joy in my mind. Oh, yeah. It feels very, I agree with you. Joyful, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like the harvest moon and the equinox. Yeah. So I drew make mistakes. Mm. So this is about um, not being afraid to try and fail. I love it. Yeah, it's a it's a good thing to always remember is that whenever you start something new, you're not going to be great at it, but you're not going to ever learn how to do it unless yeah. you start it. And, and also this it. thing about like this card with creativity, it's like it's not about being great at it. It's about yeah. expressing yourself and co-creating with the universe. Yeah. And sometimes mistakes turn out to be actually blessings and yeah. always you always learn from them. Yeah. So um, just, you know what, be willing to make mistakes. And that's such a great, I think, kind of card to draw with another card that's about creativity, you know? Definitely. Definitely. That's what, yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. We hope you have a wonderful week. Sending love. podcast this is so great